This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break, and at the worst possible time. Call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. It is the Morning Blaze because it's still morning and we will be with you for two hours on this special Saturday event. It's Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe coming to you live from Mercury Studios in Dallas with coverage of today's presidential primary uh, town hall in New Hampshire. On the ground in New Hampshire, a bunch of Blaze people will be checking in with us. We've got uh, Buck Sexton, Amy Holmes there, and many, many other people that we'll hear from. So you can make a better informed choice, a better informed decision about 2016. What's going on in New Hampshire today is a lot of speechifying, a lot of shaking hands, and a lot of kissing babies from the candidates. The candidates are given a forum, a stage that they can stand on, and give a long-form speech about why you should support them as president. They are taking questions from the audience, and they are spinning. That's essentially what's going on here. But one of the reasons you like having the Blaze cover this event, and we are the exclusive covering this event, is because we don't get to let them get away with the spin. We don't allow them to say things that are not true without being challenged, and we will challenge them here on the air. Skip and I, as you know, or hopefully you do know if you listen to our morning broadcast every and every thir- uh, Monday through Friday here on the Blaze Radio Network, we are consistent and we hold their feet to the fire. We don't let them get away with the spin because that's who we are. Now, we don't know everything. We're not omniscient. We don't know every single vote they've had. We don't know every little... A spin that they've produced, but what we know, we will challenge them on. We're pretty informed on this stuff. But if we know something, we're going to tell you about it. We also tell you about our, uh, our biases, unlike most people. You probably know our biases by now. We'll tell you who we like and who we don't. And even those people we like, they can fall out of grace with us if they screw up, and many have. Even those people we like, if they screw up, We're going to tell you about it. We all have to make our decisions in this. 
And that's something that you're not going to get from a lot of, of uh, consultants, a lot of uh, pundits, or a lot of actual um, uh, uh, networks themselves. A lot of times, too, they've got people they like and people they don't like. And regardless of anything that happens during the uh, process of the campaign or anything that might happen with their candidate, they generally continue to support them. Not the case here. We actually take a look at what happens day in, day out, and make that decision based off of whether or not we support a candidate. So here's what we're going to do today. First of all, you need to be aware, if you want to hear live form, long form, live coverage of the New Hampshire presidential time, town hall that is presented in conjunction with the uh, Republican Party of New Hampshire and The Blaze, just go to theblaze.com. There's going to be stories written and little pieces dissected and comments there. If you want the long form live coverage, go though, go to theblaze.com slash TV. If you have the Blaze TV at your home on your part of your cable system, go ahead and watch that. You'll see Pat and Stu along with Buck Sexton, Amy Holmes and others covering this thing for you today. And you can listen to these speeches in their entirety. So theblaze.com slash TV for that if you don't have it already as part of your cable system. But what we're going to do here over the next couple of hours is we're going to dive into some of the things that they've said and presented. We're going to tell you about the numbers in New Hampshire, and we're going to get real political discussion from you. We want your comments. Now, on Twitter, as Skip and I normally uh, take your comments and interact with you, there's a slightly different hashtag today. It's hashtag FITN for first in the nation because New Hampshire is the first primary. You the Iowa caucus about a week before it, but that's a caucus and it's a different system. So use the hashtag FITN. And Skip and I will be easily able to find your comments as well as others. Hashtag FITN. Tell us your thoughts on what's going on. But I challenge you as part of this. I challenge you today to tell me who you support and maybe who you don't. Who you like and who you don't and why. Now, why is the important part there? I really want to know the reason why that we want to get, we go to do this. Don't t- don't tell us because oh, uh, my friend likes him, or it's who I uh, uh, have heard this person talking about. We want to know the reasons why you, as a person, individually like some of these candidates, and that means their record. Tell us a couple of their votes. You're not going to know everything. We don't expect you to. That's part of the reason we're here. But tell us things about their votes. Tell us things about their positions in the past. That's all we have, right? How do you know what anybody's going to do unless you look at their experience, their, their past, their, yeah, their track absolutely. record, their education, whatever? Tell us about their past and why you want them to be part of your future. But be specific on this stuff. This is where we're at now. And if you like Donald Trump and he's your guy, tell me why. Give me specifics. Make your case on behalf of Trump. The number, 888 That's 888-900-3393. If Ted Cruz is your guy, tell us why. I want specifics. Marco Rubio, do you like him? Tell me why. 888 That's 888 And again, on Twitter, use that hashtag FITN. That's hashtag FITN. Decision 2016. Campaign Death Watch. Skip, I would say that there are multiple people on stage today whose campaign is dead. They just don't know it. They are zombies. They are the walking dead. Um, I would say most of them probably don't have much of a chance at this point. With the, uh, with the exception of maybe a Marco Rubio, I don't see... I don't see how any of those other candidates are going to be able to uh, to to overcome the the deficit in the hole that they've dug for themselves. Let's see. Um, we're not talking Democrat Party here because this is the GOP yeah. uh, in New Hampshire today, the GOP presidential primary um, town hall. And of the, the GOP, 
uh, regardless of specifically New Hampshire, there's really only three people left in this race. There, I mean, you can you can make an argument for a couple of others, but that's that is definitely a long shot, and that window is closing rapidly. Your three choices at this point. One of these three people are likely going to get the nomination. That would be Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, or Marco Rubio. Chris Christie, okay, he has an outside chance. But I ask you, if you are a betting man, are you putting money on Chris Christie? Just playing the odds. I, I wouldn't even say that. I, I, I don't think at this point he even has an outside chance. I think he's done. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But, I mean, he's not as done as a, uh, as a Mike Huckabee. I mean, Huckabee has zero chance. There's, there's just not a, not a possibility at this point. It's mathematically impossible, really. But if you are a betting man and you forget what you like or don't like, who are you putting money on? Forget who you're going to vote for, but who are you going to put money on? Are you going to slap your hard-earned cash down on Chris Christie becoming the nominee? Please, that's not going to happen. John Kasich, he's doing great in New Hampshire. Are you going to slap your money down on John Kasich? Getting the nomination as a betting person, just playing the odds. He has an outside chance, but it's not likely. Jeb Bush, he's doing better in New Hampshire. No. It's Trump, Rubio, and Cruz. Those are the three main ones. If you back, back one of the other people, let us know. 888 Um Rick Santorum, virtually no chance. His campaign is over. He's on stage right now, speechifying in New Hampshire as part of this New Hampshire presidential primary town hall. You've got uh, Jeb. Jeb Bush just wrapped up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you edit that all out? Yeah, I'm no, really yeah, embarrassed. Don't worry, by nobody it. will hear it. Nobody will hear it. I meant to say. Here we go. Uh, Jeb Bush just had a chance uh, to speak and answer some questions from the crowd. Uh, as I listened to Jeb Bush speak, he really, really ticked me off. Uh, what did he say that that upset you so? Well, first of all, he's Jeb. Jeb so Bush. automatically, I'm I'm on the defensive there. And before I get into the specifics, what's with the Ed Sullivan look that that uh, Jeb has going on there? The hunched over, no, the arms that are dangling like uh, like like a zombie. I was thinking the same thing when he was up on stage too. He just looks so limp and ineffective. Um, you know why that is? Bad posture. He's limp, ineffective, and has bad posture. That's why. Jeb gave a great speech just now. Wonderful speech. Absolutely wonderful. And much like an Eric Cantor, if you just listen to the speech, you'd be saying, wow, that's a, that's a guy I can get behind. If you know nothing else other than the speech, you'd vote for Jeb Bush. But if you know anything else about Jeb Bush, he is so far off the reservation for getting my vote and, your, and what should be your vote. If you are a conservative in America today and you believe in those conservative principles, if you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in personal freedoms, if you're a libertarian in America today and you believe in those things, there is and should be zero way for you to vote for Jeb Bush. Because if you know his track record, he makes it sound great, but the track record is one of oppression, of big brother and big government. He believes in those progressive values of control. He knows better than you. He loves to say that he's a conservative and maybe he believes it. But if that's conservative, then I don't know what I am. I know I'm not that. Jeb Bush finished after taking a couple of questions. And I think it was the last question he answered. 
Somebody had asked him about uh, security, or he got down the road on national security and defense. Even the question of an EMP came up. And Jeb Bush passionately defended the Patriot Act and spying on Americans by collecting metadata and others. Passionately defended it. Making what is outrageous, even sound to the layman, the uninformed, the person who hasn't thought it through, very good. We got to keep America safe. But when you boil it down, it's essentially an argument that Kelly Ayotte, the senator from New Hampshire, made a little bit earlier in the day. She talked about national security as well. Kelly Ayotte is also up for re-election. She's running a campaign. She's up for re-election as a senator. And she was speechifying to try to, you know, win some votes. They both basically, when you boil it down, want you to believe this. You need to support them because they believe in defending your personal freedoms by infringing your personal freedoms. Did you get that? Did you understand that? Right. Their argument is, you've got to back me and support what I'm doing because I need to infringe your rights in order to protect your rights. Basically saying the only way to ensure you have freedom is to give up some of your freedom. Is that really an argument you can make? If it is, I'm not sure you've really understood history. You've really done your research, if you know the Constitution, and what got us to becoming a country anyway. That's not a solid argument. Passionately defending the Patriot Act, metadata, NSA, uh, the uh, metadata collection, the spying, the phone calls, the FISA courts, all of that stuff. Where does it stop? Here's how you know that's wrong. How far is Jeb? I'm I'm sorry. Can you edit that Jeez, out? Don't we all? There we go. Three, two. How far is Jeb or Kelly Ayat willing to go in order to defend you? What crazy things are they willing to support in order to defend you and your rights? Where does it end? With their argument, they need to do this. How far are they willing to take it? Let's say ISIS gets so good at being underground that the only way that Jeb or Kelly Ayat can protect you is to have a camera in every room of your house monitoring you every second of the day. That's the only way they're going to do it. You'll be safe. Don't worry. They'll make sure you're safe. But you're going to be on 24-hour surveillance seven days a week. Are 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 you willing to do that? On every American. How about your children? They've got a camera in your children's bedroom. It's with them at all times. There's drones or satellites spying on them. There's a chip put in you to make sure they know where you are at all times. And that way, we know if there's anybody here that is doing something nefarious because they're, they're watching them. What are you okay we, with that? What if they installed an app on all the smartphones in America, one that tracks you, one that can listen, one that they can go ahead and turn on your microphone and turn on your uh, your uh, uh, a camera just to make sure nothing's going on that's bad or dangerous? How about we come up with technology that allows people to hear your thoughts? That's the only way they're going to know. A minority report, maybe. Like the movie Minority Report. Pre-crime. Is that Okay. Now, likely, if I brought that up to Jeb or Kelly Ayat, they'd say, oh, you're talking crazy. That's extreme. Okay, tell me where it stops. How far is too far? So that's the extreme. What I've just laid out there is crazy. Okay, great. 
tell me why metadata is okay and the uh, uh, Patriot Act and everything that goes along with it and the way the Patriot Act has been twisted and used in ways it wasn't supposed to in order to catch people, to keep us safe, and yet those extremes that I just laid out are not. And then how far are you willing to advance the ball towards those crazy things? Jeb and Kelly Ayotte. How far is too far? Where does it stop? At what point does Jeb say, okay, now you've gone too far? And what's the difference? So that is a huge failure. And we should know that based on his name, Bush. His brother launched this crazy-ass Patriot Act. President Obama has renewed it. He also talked about national security. How he's got to defend America. I'm talking about Jeb. Got to defend America at any cost. He said, you don't understand. We got we to go out and blow up ISIS. We've got to do whatever we can. Build up the military. Grow it and be this, this crippling fighting force. And while I believe national security is of the utmost importance. I mean, if, you're, if you don't have a secure nation, all this other stuff we talk about goes away. Someone invades us. While that sounds good, what specifically does he want to do? Start a bunch of wars like his brother? Unnecessary wars? Yeah, they were unnecessary. I don't have a problem with us doing with some of the things that his brother did. If we feel it's necessary. It wasn't necessary the way we did it. Sorry, that's the truth. Jeb Bush also talked about the economy. He passionately defended his plan to even close the, the deficits and stop the national debt from growing by growing the economy. Now, folks, that is, a, that is part of a good plan. Growing the economy is a good way to bring in more money. and You know, the government brings in more money and have more money for things and even pay off the debt and close the deficits. He's right about that. But there's a couple failures. Number one, you are not going to be able to grow you the economy or grow, your, grow the economy as part of your way out of this. That's only one piece of the puzzle. We've got to grow the economy as well as simplify the tax structure, get a balanced budget uh, passed, balanced budget amendment passed, and actually balance the budget. It's fiscal responsibility. Not just, hey, I've got more money. Jeb Bush's plan says this. You got a bunch of credit card debt right now? You got a whole bunch, maybe you got twenty, thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt. Great. Okay. Um, he doesn't want you to stop overspending. Jeb Bush's plan is just go make more money. Which, hey, you got another job, you're making more money, you close some of that gap. Great. Is that gonna last forever? No. And why wouldn't you still be responsible to have a cash of cash? Right? Why wouldn't you build up that that reserve and go and do other things? It's short-sighted to say you're going to grow the economy as your way out of this. Because how long is that going to last? Economies, if you know anything about it, even if it's going gangbusters, will not last forever. 10 years? 20 years? That's crazy. A booming economy, if it lasts 10 years, is amazing. Is 10 years of 4% growth going to get us uh, pay our debt down? Change everything around? And then when we go back to it, we're still going to go back to overspending? Also, he talked passionately about 4%, 2% and 4%. 2%, we get to do this, and we'll stop some of this, but 4% growth, that's what turns it all around. Do you really want him to limit America's growth to 4%? I don't want 4%. I want 40%. No, I don't. I want 400 No, I don't. I want 40,000% growth. That's not enough. I want even more growth. 
Why are we setting the bar so low from jackass politicians? I want America to be so far ahead of every other country that we rule supreme so everybody else will fall and get in line with American values and principles. That's what I want. It's not enough. It's never enough because I don't know what's coming a year from now. 4%. I don't want that. Why would we limit ourselves to that? So those are just some of the failures from Jeb Bush. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you uh, yeah, edit don't, that out? Don't worry. Three, two, one. Those are just some of the failures of Jeb Bush. So what? Uh, but I mean, do you like Jeb Bush? I love him. Swell guy. Swell guy. Snappy dresser. All right, let's go to the phones now. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Mark in Virginia. You're on the Blaze Radio Network. Pretty cold and snowy out there in Virginia, isn't it, Mark? Oh, uh, yeah, man. It's looking pretty bad out here. It's reminding me of when I lived in Ohio. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, you stay warm and safe, but uh, who are you supporting in, uh, in New Hampshire today? All right, I, I got something to say after I say this real quick. Yes, sir. Yes, but, sir. But I, I support Ted Cruz. always have supported Ted Cruz. Big Ted Cruz fan. Uh, I made my uh, conservative awakening when you guys are still down here in the WRVA area. We miss you. Oh, thanks, uh, buddy. I appreciate it, Mark. No, dude, you don't understand. We really miss you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with you, and someday I will once again be a Virginian. Someday. And, and that's what's up. But I, I support Cruz because he has a track record, a track record you can look at. Not only what he's done in the Senate, but what he did as Attorney General of Texas. He took George Bush W. Uh, all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean, and anybody, anybody who can do that, anybody who's willing to fight against everybody is a good guy, in my opinion. Now, with my second point, Donald Trump. Okay. I'm a black man, 38 years old. I have a younger brother who's 21 years old. Okay, I've been talking to my little brother since before he could vote. He could vote before the last election. The media played mind games on him, and he wound up voting for Obama. But since I've been sure. talking to him, his, his eyes have awakened. And he woke up a little bit. But you know who turned him 360 degrees? Yeah. Wasn't me. Wasn't me being his brother, talking to him, showing him uh, Woodrow Wilson, showing him what the Republicans have done for people, telling him about Margaret Sanger. Wasn't me sitting up here telling him about the Willie Lynch letters and how they fooled black people into voting for people who are trying to harm us. Wasn't me. Donald Trump. Okay? He's 21 years old. Black man. His buddies, who could not stand Mitt Romney, because they believed that Mitt Romney was going to get rid of black girls' leaves. Okay? They, they, had that trending, they had that trending on Twitter. People believed it, and they actually fell for it, okay? So not only did Donald Trump do that for my little brother, but I'm going to tell you something else he did. My little brother went from being a Donald Trump fan to being a Ted Cruz fan. What did Donald do that made that change? Uh, Which one? Uh, For your brother. How did he go from a Trump to Cruz supporter? What, What happened? Because once he opened his eyes, and Donald Trump opened his eyes to see that the media is full of crap okay then then once he started seeing that his eyes awakened and he started seeing the things that i kept complaining about which is the liberalism in everything and Mm. once you open your eyes and you start to see that you're like wow so what donald did was he brought to attention the fact that nobody in washington likes to improve so that's why my little brother likes him okay (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good point yeah skip and i always say if if D.C. is doing something uh, that they all agree on, it's going to be something I usually don't. Exactly. 
So, so he's been good in that way. My, my problem with Donald Trump has, has never been what he says or how he says it, or even his flip flops. My problem with Donald Trump is don't burn the bridge behind you after you cross it. The problem we have is what if he's not the nominee? What if it does happen to be Ted Cruz? We need him to get the people that support him to turn around. I have a sister, my oldest sister, 41 years old, hardcore Democrat. When she found out the last election year, how it was doing, she introduced me to people as, this is my brother, the Republican, as if it was some type of dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mark, I... I gotta get a quick. I gotta get a quick. I get a quick break in here, but that's that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I'm really proud to call you my fellow American. I'm glad you get it. Keep working on your sister, and I understand what that's like. That's uh, that's got to be rough for you. We're gonna get some more calls. Mark, again, thank you so much. Uh, on Twitter, it's hashtag fitn. First, in, like for first in the nation, hashtag fitn. As Skip and I anchor coverage of the New Hampshire presidential primary town hall today. Your more your calls coming up, 888-900-3393. You're listening to The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe. On the Blaze Radio Network. Now that you're up, time to get informed. The Morning Blaze returns. All right, uh, we are coming to you live from Mercury Studios Dallas covering the New Hampshire presidential primary town hall today. We've got uh, people speechifying all day long. Here's a question I have for you. Who do you not like but could still pull the lever for? And, And the don't like could be personality or it could be specific votes. Who do you not like that you could pull, still pull the lever for? Because there are some people that I, that I don't like that I can pull the lever for and some that I, I don't like and I could not. So let us tell you a little bit of our, about our uh, biases here and then we'll get some more of your calls. Again, the phone number is 888-900-3393. Give us your thoughts. 888-900-3393. And of course on Twitter it is at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe with the hashtag, what I learned today. Skip Lacombe, do you support Donald Trump? No, I do not support Donald Trump. Could you still pull the lever for him? I've fought back and forth with this for for a while. I I think I I potentially could, and I don't even like saying that. Um, And the reason being is this, is that, yes, he has a horrific track record. Um, He is saying the right things for the most part now. Here's my take on Donald Trump is that I believe that when it comes to a majority of the issues, Donald Trump doesn't really care. I don't think he really has super firm opinions on either of them. I think that many of his decisions over the past 20 years have been made purely for business. Now, he is saying the right things now, and I think if he were elected president as a Republican uh, nominee, he would probably do pretty quote-unquote Republican things that he was – told that he's supposed to do. And I do think he would, generally speaking, be a pretty good president. For those reasons, I potentially could vote for him. I have not 100% decided he is not politically dead to me. I do not like Donald Trump, but um, if it was a Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump type thing, 
I could potentially pull the lever for him. Yeah, I don't support Donald Trump because of his lack of consistency and track record. Um, I like that Donald Trump uh, has forced some things to a national issue and that he's not politically correct. Love it. I, I wish his track record was more consistent, so I could. I don't support him, and I doubt I could pull the trigger, tr- uh, lever for him. I just don't think I can. Now, having said that, I think Donald Trump may actually do a good job. He has, Donald Trump has the potential to be anything. Outright dictatorial. He could take that to a new level, or he could be fabulous. Donald Trump is smart when it comes to the economy. Donald Trump does know how to get things done. I think his ego, his ego alone, would mandate that he did a good job. Like, he, 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 he wants that legacy of doing a good job. So, who knows? Maybe he would do it. Maybe he wouldn't. But I go based on track record, so I can't pull the lever for him. Uh, I have supported Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz has done some things wrong, uh, but I still support him. Uh, the things he's done wrong have not added up to enough questionable things that makes me bail on him. So I would likely pull the lever for him. Ted Cruz, Skip Lacombe. No, yeah, I like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is my guy, and yeah, I would definitely be able to vote for him. Okay. Uh, let's see. Chris Christie. Do you like him? Could you pull the lever for him? Uh, do not like him. Do not support him. Uh, could not pull the pull the lever for him. He, he, on the other hand, does have a track record of being a progressive. And I don't think this is because of his business sense. That is, uh, that is politically motivated. He was the governor of, of New Jersey, progressive state. And, and to, to attain that level and to have success in there, he had had to uh, adopt some progressive principles. Yeah, I uh, I don't like uh, uh, Chris Christie. I don't think he is a conservative. He doesn't have a good record. I would not. I do not support him, and I could not pull the lever for him. Furthermore, I don't even think I want to have a beer with him. Uh-uh. He seems like a pretty big tool to me. He seems like a jerk. No, we've he seen does. a lot of times too. There've been um, videos released. I think the most recent one too was uh, on an Amtrak too, where he unloaded on uh, passengers and stuff. Yeah, he's just a bad dude. Not right. a good guy. Yeah. Um, Jeb Bush. Don't like him. Couldn't support him. Don't like him, can't support him. It's based on track record, facts, and who he is. I could not pull the lever for him. If it, if it comes down to Hillary and Jeb, then I will vote for third party. I'll write here. somebody in. If it comes down to, to uh, Jeb and Bernie Sanders, I will vote third party somehow or write somebody in. I will always vote, but it's going to be something else. I'll go off the board because I can't. I cannot. And I will not play the uh, lesser of two evil games any longer. I won't do it. A choice between Bernie Sanders and a choice between Jeb. That's strychnine or slow-acting strychnine. Which do you want it? Do you want the outright, overbearing, in-your-face socialism? Or do you want the (laughs) passive-aggressive socialism that's still coming in big ways, just a little slower and a little softer? Which do you want? Plus, his last name is Bush. That almost instantly alone precludes him. I think that deserves a punch in the face. It's true, that too. Could you, do you, would you support? Could you pull the lever for Rand Paul? (sighs) This is another different one. I do not like Rand Paul. I um, and Rand Paul was somebody who I, who I did like. I mean, back in, in uh, 2012, you and I were at CPAC, um, and I was that starry-eyed millennial. I uh, I stood in line. I gave him my uh, email address to sign up. I got my stand with Rand shirt. Rand Paul should be my guy, but he is not. I do not like Rand Paul. He is he has ran this campaign horribly. He is whiny. He is a complainer. Um, that being said, if, if he were to somehow get the nomination, I ultimately would be able to vote for him. I could pull the lever for him. I would be have to. I wouldn't like it. He frustrates me. Um, he, he has a lot of work to do to, uh, to be able to, to earn my support back. But ultimately, I would be able to vote for him because I do believe he would do a really good job as president. 
He is the most shocking one that when I started thinking about that question, could I pull the lever for that person, even though I haven't supported him? Rand Paul was the most shocking that I could pull the lever for him. And here's why. Could. You would be able to? I would. Okay. Shocking when I really thought about that. Rand Paul, I don't think, is is very nice. I think he's ego-driven. Not in a good way, just like motivating him to be, to be uh, you know, in action. But he is very self-centered, self-focused. And it has frustrated me, and it frustrated me when he supported uh, Mitch McConnell over Matt Bevan. Just completely playing the D.C. insider game. I hate it. Despise it. Sausage making. But when it comes to his track record, do the research. Is it Conservative Review? Is that the, the website we were uh, looking at uh, for research? The, the one I was just looking at was actually FreedomWorks, and he has a, uh, a 99% uh, a lifetime score with FreedomWorks. Okay. Anyway, if you look up his success record and for, for people like us, people who rate him, he's done a great job. His votes are really consistent for the causes of liberty. That's first and foremost to me, for the cause of liberty. Economy, sure, important. It's got to be about freedom. If we lose that, the rest is gone as well. So his track record is good. I don't like him personally. I don't even think I want to hang out with him. He seems like actually a jerk. I wouldn't want to have a beer with him. Yeah, he does seem like a jerk. And I can't actively support him as my guy or campaign for him because of that. He's not nice. He is part of the sausage making at times with things like the the, uh, Mitch McConnell, Matt Bevin choice and endorsement. And I think he would be a little more inclined than a Ted Cruz to give up some of his personal values in order to get a deal done. But ultimately, his track record is pretty solid. Yeah, so, and yeah, and Rand Paul's Liberty score with conservative review is at 94% too. So, wow. I mean, when you take a look, I mean, across the board, the only uh, senators who have anything higher than that is uh, Mike Lee and Ted Cruz. Mike That's Lee a- has 100%, Ted Cruz 97. That's with, with, with five years in D.C. Generally speaking, too, when you're... Been in D.C. for that long. I mean, after two, four years, usually that's when the Kool-Aid drinking begins, when they want to uh, try to get a committee chair, try to try to expand their career in D.C. Usually the only reason they're able to do that is by selling out. Rand Paul has not done that. So, yeah, that was a shocking one when I thought about it. All right, we're going to get some uh, tweets and calls in. Again, the phone number, 888 It's Doc and Skip in on uh, special coverage for a Saturday of the New Hampshire primary town hall that is carried exclusively on the Blaze Networks. It's theblaze.com, the Blaze TV, and of course the Blaze Radio Network. If you want full live forum coverage of the speeches and you want to hear them, just go to theblaze.com slash TV. If it's not already on your cable system, theblaze.com slash TV. I think you can even sign up for a temporary membership and kind of fleece the company that way. Yeah, I believe you are able to sign up for, I believe that it's currently $1, actually, and they give you access to... <laughs> you know, how many other people would tell you how to fleece it? Even Glenn tells you how to fleece it. Oh, we There's are. a guy who's so committed to it. But yeah, go ahead and do that, and you can check out the, the coverage. Uh, Amy Holmes on right now. Rick Santorum just wrapped the entire thing up. But uh, on Twitter, it's hashtag FITN. I know a lot of people have been using our traditional one that we use in the morning, what I learned today. Um, and I've retweeted a couple with the uh, FITN. It's first in the nation. Uh, Mark tweeted out, Last month, Kelly Iot, the senator, voted for a $1.1 billion spending bill. And then at the New Hampshire town hall, she complains about debt. He's right. We watched her and I'm like, wait a minute. All this stuff she's saying, I'm just going from memory because, you know, we don't remember everything about every senator. I'm going, she has screwed up a lot. She's not doing well. So we looked it up. And sure enough, it has been a slow 
consistent shift away from core values and principles to the point that last year, her conservative review score, you can go to conservativereview.com and check out the score, was 33%. And she started in the 80s. She's been a senator for five years. Her first year, over 80%. The next year, dropped a little bit in the 70s. The year after that, dropped a little more. To last year, when you look at her votes and you score them based on what people like me and you would want out of, out of a candidate, she was in 30%. That means she is 60-some percent. She gets a passing grade for a Democrat or a progressive. Yeah, and by the way, it wasn't just the, uh, the spending bill. She also mentioned things uh, about uh, personal freedoms and whatnot. Yet, this is a lady who has supported the green agenda and restrictions on air and water and all kinds of stuff. She talked about national security. She has supported infringing your personal rights, just like Jeb Bush when it comes to things like spying in the Patriot Act, data gathering. So, yeah, Mark, you're absolutely right. Appreciate you joining us on Twitter. It's, uh, you're right, at the uh, New Hampshire Town Hall, again, hashtag FITN. She laid this out there, and it was funny because Skip and I were anchoring TV coverage. When we wrap up at, at uh, noon Eastern today, right here on the Blaze Radio Network, we're going to go and do some more coverage on TV. So after Kelly Ayotte uh, was, was done, Skip and I pointed these things out real quick about her failures. Boom, boom, boom. Again, just giving you the facts, right? The second she steps off stage and we lay that out there, Jeb, no, sorry, Marco Rubio steps on stage and starts speechifying. And Marco Rubio's first words were, oh, thank you, Kelly. Kelly Ayotte, we have to send her back to D.C. because she's done a great job. No. See, nobody there at the town hall stood up and said, hey, we're going to challenge you, Kelly, on your record. Skip and I did on TV. Marco Rubio didn't have it, so he didn't have an opportunity to step in it when he just sung her praises, even though we've told you the truth about her. In fact, that Marco Rubio even saying that is, is a mark against him. But, but, Absolutely. Let's take the same question we were saying earlier about uh, could you support, uh, uh, do you support or could you uh, pull the lever for? Marco Rubio, for you. Absolutely not, and here's why. Remember, I, folks, I'm based, I base what I do and say on, on track record. Marco Rubio has a really good track record. It's pretty good. <clears throat> but his biggest failure is, a, is flip-flopping multiple times and then spinning about the issue of immigration and amnesty. If he had not made it such a big campaign play when he, when he ran for election to get elected to the Senate, had he not made it the cornerstone, then maybe, possibly, I could overlook it. Possibly. But people in Florida brought this up, and he is the Hispanic who people heralded. Wow, this is a Hispanic who gets it. A conservative who, even though he's Hispanic, will not pander and play identity politics. This is a guy who's willing to stand up to other Hispanics and say, guys, just because I support amnesty doesn't mean I'm anti-Hispanic or minority. What I am is pro-rule of law and pro-America. Get on board. Illegals have no business here and they need to be deported. And he said these things. And people were like, wow, that's why so many people supported Marco Rubio and one of the ways that he got such exposure. The only reason Marco Rubio is a national figure today is that he is a Hispanic that campaigned against amnesty. That's what he did. And people said, look at this guy. Yes, he's a minority who gets it.
Because a lot of minorities don't get it. They just automatically side up and play identity politics using things like affirmative action and their minority status in order to get elected. That's what got him on the stage. And then you you not only flip-flop on it, you join this gang of Ocho, lead the way trying to convince other Republicans to get on board with this, try to sell it to the very people who you said you were not going to support amnesty to. And then when he gets called on the carpet about this thing, knowing what a huge failure this is for conservatives, what does he do, Skip? What did Marco Rubio do when he got his, his testicles caught in the ringer about his support of amnesty. What did he do when they brought up his track record? Started backtracking on it. That's it. He flip-flopped again. And you know what his argument is? He's now not in support of amnesty. Well, now, now, you know why? Wait, he, he has now flip-flopped again. He was against it when he ran for Senate. Then he was for it when he was in the Senate as part of the gang of Elcho. Now he's against it. And what is his bullcrap insider establishment, D.C., backed by big money corporations and the Chamber of Commerce of America... What is his excuse? Things have changed now. You know, we've got a serious terror threat in America, so I got to know who those people are. I can't support amnesty. Here's the problem with that. We had a terror threat when he was leading the gang of Ocho. What, terror? Is there something new since he, since he led the gang of Ocho? It's just now that... Only now, Skip, only in the last couple of years have we had uh, incidents of terror. That's never happened to America before. No, what about uh, 9-11? Well, yeah, it was just last year. That's happened since the Gang of Ocho. No, no. 9-11, 2001. Oh, well, there's that thing. He's full of crap. That's just political spin. Have some balls, Marco, to stand up and say you screwed up because the Chamber of Commerce was pulling your strings by pouring money into your coffers. That's who's behind this nonsense. The Republicans want amnesty because the corporations that control most of them want what? They want cheap labor. And the Democrats want amnesty because they want undocumented Democrats. They want those people to become citizens because they play identity politics and want those people to vote for them in the future. Is there anything Marco Rubio could do or say to to turn that around for you, to earn your support back? Because, well, all your points are completely valid and, and very frustrating to me. I don't know if that's enough to say that I could not vote for him. Now, I do not like him. I do not support him. However, a lot of the time, every time I see him on stage, every time I see him speak, I mean, I end up liking him a lot more. He's very smooth. Uh, that's because he's pretty. You're sweet on him. No, I, 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 and I think he would do a relatively good job. So I, I think I ultimately probably could vote for him if it's him versus versus Hillary. I don't like that. It would frustrate me. But for you, is there any way he could turn that around? I'm thinking about that. Let me think about this. Could I? Now, I can't, I, I can't wait. To your, you're a man who is always stands stands on your principle. You're very consistent with things. Well, yeah, so I, I know that would be frustrating and difficult. For right. Me, I but. can't at this point pull the lever for him, period. And the difference is, and you know what's making it even worse? is that he has the audacity, Marco Rubio has the audacity to point out flip-flops of other people like Ted Cruz over amnesty or over immigration. Really? What? That is crazy politics. To be able to stand on stage and call the kettle black when you are a pot that is black. That's how can how can how can you do that? It's like Donald Trump coming out and blasting Mitt Romney for having money. Right, exactly. What are you talking about? That that type of politics drives me up the the wall. So, 
I don't know if there's, I can't, I mean, I'm worried about a flip-flop in the future, even over amnesty for Marco Rubio, flip-flopping back. I don't know if there's anything he could sign in blood or do to guarantee that that wouldn't happen. If there was, I don't know if I could still support him because what else will he flip-flop on back and forth again? I, I don't think so. Marco Rubio is politically dead to me. All right, get some phone calls. 888-900-3393. Uh, let's head to Arlington, Texas, and Dean. Dean, you're on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you, Dean? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. I'm great. How are y'all? Doing, doing fantastic. So, uh, so what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, uh, I kind of wanted to circle back to this uh, to to a different candidate if I could. Sure. Yeah, yeah please absolutely. do. You know, you know, you know. Uh, it's crazy to me. This race is crazy. It's it's. Uh, you know, I reported casualties into crit in 2004, and you look at it today, and it's an absolute jihadist playground, and it's disgusting. We left our equipment over there. We left all of uh, we left all of our equipment over there, and, and they're using it against us. It it, huh? They're using it against us too. Our, our own equipment. It's incredible. I, they're, they're, they're using it against us. These 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 veterans are coming home missing limbs, wounded. Our government doesn't even pay for them. In fact, it, it takes these private corporations. Thankfully, that they're there. Thank God that they're there, like wounded warriors and many others, and 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 they want to send them back. And, and there's no candidates. There's only one candidate that says no to that. There's only one candidate I've heard say no. And that's Rand Paul. Everybody else wants more war, more war machines. You know, I, I would walk into the MWR tent to work out, and people, civilians, would hand us towels as we would go work out. They were paid $100,000 a year from KBR tax-free. What a slap in the face. And you want to go back? They want to go back. This is uh, this is a huge issue for me when it comes to war. Listen, uh, nobody should ever call me a dove. I mean, I am somebody that I lead with the sword, and I I say you got to crush your enemy when that person when when they are your enemy. The problem is, and thank you so much for your call and pointing out uh, uh, Rand Paul's solid track record when it comes to that. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. Is that. I have no issue with going in and, and, and doing what we have to do and kicking butt on the world stage when it, with our military. I have no problem with that. However, having said that, I'm tired of being the policeman of the world, number one. And number two, we waste money on this nonsense at times because, why? Because corporations want us to. That's not conspiracy theory. That's fact. Look at the track record. Look at the budgets that go into the military. I have no problem spending that kind of money to the military. What I have a problem with is giving that money to the military, and then they use Northrop Grumman and Boeing and everybody else and pour money into their pockets, and they overcharge us for stuff in order to keep the war machine going. There was no reason for us to have fought those wars, Iraq and Afghanistan, the way we did. More of your calls and comments coming up on the Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. 
Live from Mercury Studios in Dallas as we cover the New Hampshire presidential primary town hall today. The blaze is on the ground in New Hampshire. The snow hasn't stopped us from holding these candidates' feet to the fire. Right now, we have Rick Santorum just wrapped up his speechifying, and now we've got John Kasich on the stage speechifying. We're going to get more of your calls because we want to hear a lot from you. You hear what we think and what we lay out, but tell us, tell us your thoughts. What are we missing? What don't we know? Tell us what's most important to you when it comes to this election. 888 933 It's 888-900-3393. I really hate when people say, this is the most important election. Well, wasn't the last election the most important? And the one with Obama? Every, every election is the most important. Right, exactly. And every election is unique. This one is definitely important. I mean, are we further and further down that road, that road of bad and all the things that bad, you know, encompasses less personal freedom, more debt, more irresponsibility from D.C., more disconnection with the people from D.C. I mean, just go down the list. We live in the bearded Spock times, the times where you wake up and say, I must be living in an alternate universe. We're not supposed to be here. This is crazy. So, yeah. In that regard, maybe it is the most important. But I will give you it is definitely important. And coming up a week from Monday is the Iowa caucus. Two weeks from Tuesday, the New Hampshire primary. Then the South Carolina primary. And then on March 1st, I mean just weeks away, Super Tuesday. And that's it. I don't think we're going to go much after Super Tuesday between, well, it could be this person, it could be that. I think by the end of Super Tuesday, by the Wednesday after it, you're going to have your, your Republican nominee. Who's it going to be? I mean, for months people have been saying, well, Donald Trump, that's just, he's not going to have. Well, time's long past due to realize he's a he's reality. I mean, he could get this thing. Do you like him? Do you not? What about the other candidates? 888 We'll get some of your calls coming up. Also on the Twitter, use the hashtag FITN. That stands for first in the nation because the New Hampshire primary is the first primary in the nation. It's hashtag FITN. Uh, you want to go to some calls right now? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and go to Ohio and Kathy. Kathy, you're on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you doing today? Hi, guys. How are you? Doing great. So what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm from Ohio, so I'm going to kind of go real fast on a couple bullet points. Um, I just got started in politics maybe about 10, 15 years ago. And I started looking into my representative, T. Berry, and his track record is pathetic. Um, he says one thing, does another. His, his freedom score or conservative review score is terrible. Yeah. So then I started looking at results. Like you said, you're very results-oriented. So with fantasy people being so giant, um, I would ask guys, you know, who's your representative? You know, politics, did you like? And they had no idea. But yet they know who the Buckeyes Starting receiver is how many, you know, they have five deep quarterbacks. They know everything. <laughs> they, know nothing, they know nothing about that. So then when results matter and fantasy football is so giant, I just get so frustrated when people like, um, I'm a big Ted Cruz supporter. I guess I should put that out there. How they can say they like Donald Trump because if you look at his record, you know, and compare him to fantasy football, he's a guy who will fumble, you know, on a big, on a big drive or he passes when he drops passes or in a big game, if it doesn't suit his knees, you know, he'll drop a ball, he'll do whatever. So for fantasy football and that, I don't know how guys can like Donald Trump because um, he just goes with, you know, what suits him. So I can see That's him being really a interesting. 
to drop things. It's just it's so frustrating because they can't give you any facts why they like him because he's you know he's flamboyant, he's arrogant. I think he's so ostentatious. I can't stand him. I'm so sorry. I mean, what part, I like what part of Ohio are you in? Right in Columbus, Westerville, a little small town. Okay. In Westerville. Yeah, I'm familiar with Westerville. Skip and I used to live in Dayton for a while, and I'm from Cleveland area, so I have a pretty, uh, pretty good idea what you're talking about. Um, that's a great yeah. analogy, though, and it's a great point to make that you know all of this other stuff. Can't you know some basic things? Listen, if you don't know every senator and governor out there and, you know, you whatever, but you should, when it comes to your rep, you should know who your representative is. You should know their stance on things and you should be fighting for right. Your governor as well and your two senators and then president. Yeah, no, don't get me started on that guy, too. If anyone is even debating about Kasich, uh, please look away, turn away and just say no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I keep hearing people say, hey, they love him in Ohio. No, they do not. Okay, and I keep hearing people say, hey, Kasich, uh, they need him because he can win Ohio. No, he's, he's hiding behind a lot of the fracking benefits for the economy and stuff like that. So I think he, uh, the, you know, the, the thing that really bothered me is he did the same thing Obama did with about his Obamacare. He said, you know, one thing, and then he went to our uh, Ohio uh, Senate, and they voted it down, and then he did the backdoor deal and approved it. That's it. All right, thanks so much for your call and your insight. I appreciate it. And there's our point about John Kasich. The two big issues that people that support Kasich, because there's a lot of people out there this election comes down to anybody but Hillary, whoever can beat her. Well, first of all, you don't know if any of these people can beat her, even if the polls say they can beat her. First of all, you don't know if she's going to get the nominee. But that's incredibly short-sighted to just vote on who you think can win. What are you winning? Hey, I think Satan can beat her. Congratulations, you back Satan. I mean, you know, what is? this is stupid. Vote for a person that you like based on their track record. How hard is this, guys? Come on. So what is Kasich's track record? Well, if you listen to all the commercials, he stopped, I think, it was millions of dollars in ads in New Hampshire months ago, long before the other people were, you know, just uh, even campaigning there. He's been, he hasn't focused on Iowa at all. It's been all New Hampshire for John Kasich. And you look at his track record, it's not a given he can win Ohio. In fact, I would say... Usually when people say if this person's from a state and he gets the you know, presidential nominee or if he's on the ticket as the VP, that you want him because they can win that state. John Kasich is one of the least likely people to win his state. He just is. First of all, John Kasich is not likable. Forget that. Number two, half of the state doesn't like him because he's a Republican. And of the Republican half, half of them don't like him because he's full of crap and not conservative. <laughs> what are you- How's he going to win Ohio? What are you talking about? What is he going to do? And, oh, he's doing great in Ohio. People love him there. No. You look at his track record and you realize his claims of raising, of lowering taxes and cutting taxes and balancing the budget. Wait a minute. How'd you do that? Tell me the mystical formula, the magic wand you have, where you cut without getting more revenue in, and uh, also raise more money and balance your budget. Well, unless you're talking capital gains or something like that, it doesn't happen. The fact is, yes, he did get a lot of money from fracking. That was just a windfall for him. That wasn't anything he did. Not just fracking, but there's a whole oil boom in the eastern part of Ohio. You draw a line from like Zanesville or something up the state and then over to the Pennsylvania border, up in that region, there's a huge natural gas and oil boom over there. I have a friend who owns 10 acres there, bought it years ago as kind of an escape property in case, you know, everything out in the wilderness, in case anything goes wrong or goes down. He's from the Cleveland area. 
A company came to him a couple of years ago and said, hey, we want to pay you big bucks to give us the rights on this. And he sold it and made a bunch of money. That's what's going on. John Kasich benefited from that. That's nothing from him that he's done. And also, he raised taxes in some areas and had a proposal to raise even more taxes. He supports Common Core. He supports big government measures. And he supported Obamacare. Right, let's go back to the phone. Wait, wait, hang on. It's before he gets calls, what did you guys just hear him say about oh, he, uh, on he stage? Because John Kasich is on right now in New Hampshire. Yeah, John Kasich speaking on, on what America needs to do and uh, ways we need to improve uh, our economy and whatnot. says we need to get onto the pathway to a balanced budget. You have a problem with a pathway to a balanced a pa- budget? We need to get a balanced budget, not a pathway to a balanced budget. Wait a minute. He, to, he uh, just said he wants a pathway to a balanced budget. No, let's do it tomorrow. We, we've seen before, too. There's these uh, these groups and caucuses that say they want to go ahead and make sure we have a balanced budget by 2030. <laughs> Why not tomorrow? Why not a balanced budget today? Why are we going to allow continued deficit overspending for the next 10, 15 years? It's ridiculous. Guys, I want you to know that I have a plan in my personal finances. What's that? I'm going to balance my my personal household budget oh, and that's get good. out of debt. That's great. By the year 2100. That's my plan. By, by 2100? 2100. I'm going to be out of debt, Skip. I'm going to be... You're, uh, you're not going to make it to 2100. What are you talking about? I'll make it. I'm going to get the balanced budget by 2100. What are you talking no, about? You're, you're, going to be, you're going to be dead long before then. I mean, you are older than Ted Cruz. Wow, that hurts me just a little bit there. That's... Uh, yeah, how about this, Kasich? If you're such a financial whiz kid, how about balancing the budget today? Imagine you're $20,000 in debt and you're telling your spouse, we got to balance our budget and pay this stuff off. We can't afford it. We're in debt. And we're doing this stuff or whatever. And then she says, or he says, um, okay, I got a plan. How about like 20 years to get this taken care of? No. You cut spending today and you work within your means. It's, it's the same thing with Paul Ryan, too, who is, who is heralded as this financial <laughs> whiz kid. That's what they were calling him with this, a, a budgetary whiz kid. Young gun. Continuing to deficit spend. We will never get out of debt as long as we are spending more than we're taking in. And the fact that we have to bang the drum on that so hard is ridiculous. How so many people don't get this boggles my mind. Balance the budget today. We are so far in debt, encroaching ninety or nineteen trillion dollars. Do it today, not tomorrow morning. And here it is. Are you ready for Doc Thompson's plan? You ready for it? Um, stop spending what you don't have. Just take a look. Stop at Stop spending way. what you don't have. It's six words, guys. Give me a minute. I'll work that down. I'm used to being on Twitter, 140 characters. I'm sure I can whittle that down a little bit, where it's not even six words. Take a look at it this way. I mean, over the past, I mean, eight years or so, we were spending about a trillion dollars more than we were taking. Actually, in. at the beginning of Obama's administration, averaging it, out, it was it was about a trillion and a half, and now it's about a half a trillion. Yeah, but averaging it out, it's been about a trillion dollars per year. If we were to go ahead and um, reduce that to spending a trillion dollars less than we take in every single year, it's still going to take twenty years to get out of debt. So we got to start the plan today. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the phone number to get in. Let's go to Iowa and Sharon. Sharon, you're on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you doing today? I am just great, and I want to thank you, boys, for making uh, knowledge enjoyable to listen to. Well, thank you very thank much, you Sharon. Very much, Sharon. Okay, um, I have a quick response about Rick Santorum, and I guess I've been really surprised that the guys on the Blaze haven't picked this up. Yeah, um, yeah. He endorsed Christine Todd Whitman when she was running <laughs> in New Jersey for governor. And she is a partial birth abortion. That's advocate. right, right. And then she also uh, he campaigned actively in '04 for Arlen Specter, which is a pro-life against pro-life Congressman Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. 
And then also, too, um, with endorsing him, he gave Obama the vote that he needed to pass Obamacare. Yeah, here's the thing, Sharon. Um, and I've had this issue with Rick Santorum. Th- by the way, thank you so much for the call and your support uh, right now. Um, here's what's going on with Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum has really started ticking me off. He's not as bad as Mike Huckabee when he plays the Jesus game. But he still plays the Jesus game. I love Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus. I fail quite often, but this is who I am. My faith is important to me. I don't I don't lead with it always on the air, but it, it really matters a lot to me. It, it's, it's one of the things that matters most to me. And I get really offended when people play the Jesus game. I want you to know they love Jesus in order to get elected. This is one of the things that Rick Santorum does. But when you look at who Rick Santorum is, I'm sure in his personal life, he goes to church and you see his kids and he talks about these things. But how do you support candidates that also don't love Jesus? You're just doing that as part of your politicking. And I want none of it. Because when you start using Jesus, I get personally offended. If you're not a Christian, okay, fine, run your campaign. I'm not offended. I'm more offended by somebody who pretends to be a Christian, like a, like a Mike Huckabee, uses it, wears it on his sleeve, and then does the wrong thing. That bothers me more. You're using something that many of us hold so dear as one of the most important things to get elected. That is so offensive to me. But then when you look at Rick Santorum's ideas, Rick Santorum has has still supported control. This is something Christians have to know and conservatives have to know. And I think this is a fail when it comes to a lot of Donald Trump supporters. It's not enough to be against Obama's big government control ideas. That's not enough. You also have to be against Big government control ideas that happen to be things you appreciate. There's all kinds of things that I would love to see happen, but not as, a, and as an extension of statism, not as mandated, mandated by the government. I would love if all people converted to Christianity and actually believed in Jesus and got down on their knees and thanked him for the bounty we have. But if the government told them to do that, I'm against it. I would love for all people to appreciate the Second Amendment and carry. But if the government wanted to force people to do that, I'm against it. And there's a lot of conservatives that are pissed off at stuff that Obama has done and other big government leftists out there, but don't hold that same consistency when it comes to big government rightists. That's the fail when it comes to Huckabee and, and Santorum especially as well. They're okay as long as their Christian ideas and the things they believe are mandated via the government. That is not right. We're not here mandate or, or, or is supporting the government tell people to do things we appreciate. If you are, that is a fail. Because the next time around, you're going to get more leftists in there doing more of the same crap we've been battling. Our collective common ground, even with the people on the left, even with Democrats, is and should be personal freedom, personal responsibility, and the Constitution. These things are our watchwords. You have to, at times, as a conservative, support things you don't like because the big picture is small government, less control. You may have to be forced to support a candidate that... um, 
is doing something that you don't necessarily like because it's not your personal values, but it does fall in line with the Constitution. Rick Santorum is not that guy. Rick Santorum is a control guy as long as it's the things that he likes. I want a guy who is not controlled because the thing he likes, the things he likes is the Constitution. Going back to the phones now, 888 Let's go to Florida now. And Joel, Joel, you're on the Blaze Radio Network. How you doing today? Good. How are you? Can you hear me well? I'm not a I got screw. you. I got you. We're doing That's great. Beautiful. Listen, you guys know me better as Abby Norman on Twitter. I'm with you guys every day. Oh, yeah. How you doing, Abby? Good, good, good. Listen, I, a little, little thing about New Hampshire. You know, New Hampshire's a pretty liberal state. And, uh, you know, I was listening to Jay Severin a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how Sorry? Uh, Donald Trump, I was listening to Jay Severin a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking No, no, about no, no, I, I understood you. I was, I was apologizing. Sorry that you had to yeah, listen to Jay Severin. That's Jay a bit of an apology that. there. I get it, I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was talking about things. They had a big rally, a big Trump rally in, uh, in Massachusetts, which is right over the border from New Hampshire. And uh, yeah. he was standing room only. But I think that people kind of don't really get a feel for that area, because I grew up there, and I know it very, very well. Um, it is a liberal area, and a lot of the people that live in New Hampshire are formerly from Massachusetts. So, um, you know, as is just the same thing that's happened in Florida or Texas, anywhere, you've got a lot of people that come in from outside and start driving up the taxes and yada, yada, yada. But um, Trump resonating up here, big time. I'm a Ted Cruz guy. I've been a Ted Cruz guy. I've been on the bandwagon with Ted Cruz for a long time. But I think Trump is really, um, he's reaching a lot of people. He's making me mad at the moment, but he's, he's reaching a lot of people. And a lot of family and friends that I have up in that area are talking about voting for Donald Trump. It's, it's really amazing to see what Donald has done. And, I, and by the way, thank you so much for the call and support. Thank, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Um, it's amazing to see what he's done. And it is, it is, it's pretty genius when you think about it, whether it was by Donald Trump's design, maybe he's brilliant at this, maybe he's got other people that are brilliant, maybe it's just timing and he got lucky. Donald Trump has tapped into something, something that other people have tapped in throughout history, and that is anger. He's ta- tapped into frustration. And it's, not, it's not his anger, it's not his frustration, no. it's, the, it's the nation's general collectiveness. He's been able to see that heartbeat in the nation of people being upset frustrated and being able to use that to advance his campaign. The frustrating thing for me, the mo- you know the most frustrating thing about Donald Trump for me? What's that? Is that we can't chastise, I mean we still do, we still chastise Donald Trump when he deserves it, but we can't do it without pissing a lot of people off because they're so far in the tank for him. That's a frustration of mine. And if, if you're one of those people, man, that's not good. I would say the same thing. The other candidates, if you get mad at us for telling the truth about another, oh, you, by the way, you know who some of the most rabid fans are out there that if you if you criticize their candidate they're they're insane is Rick Santorum when i've had battles on on social media with Rick Santorum's people they are some of the nastiest people That's they gross. they don't want to hear the, my legitimate criticisms again i'm not tearing into candidates simply because i'm being mean to them it's that the, the information is that important now, we give people the business, we tease them, and we mention how, how big Chris Christie is in New Hampshire and everywhere else. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's large. I mean, we joke about that stuff. 
But we tell you the facts. It's not because we're mean. I'm not trying to manipulate you. That's the reason I don't endorse candidates usually. Because I'm not trying to sell you on them. Our program, this program, is about giving you the information. I say over and over again, we give it to you and you you have to make a choice. And I stand by you making your choice. I'm not trying to steal your vote. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm just trying to give you the information. We also entertain. This is what we do. So if I mentioned something negative about Donald Trump, I'm not being a jerk. I'm giving you the facts. I wish the front runner right now for the Republican Party was the perfect conservative or libertarian candidate, whatever that means. I wish Donald Trump's right, right now, I wish his track record, because he does have charisma, and he is not politically correct, I wish he was my dream candidate. Do you think I want to be in this position and where we're we having this debate? Come on and bitch about, about no. the candidates? No, of course not. Do you think I want to know or, or have to tell you about the flaws that Ted Cruz has? No. I want that candidate. I'm desperately seeking for that candidate. The person that can have the intelligence and charisma and passions of a Barack Obama, but happens to be a conservative libertarian and an American, by the way. Um, someone that could have the. <laughs> I don't mind pissing off the left. Fine. Um, the passion, um, the, the presentation of Ronald Reagan. You don't think I wish I had that person now? Of course I do. I wish Donald Trump was that. I wish Ted Cruz was that. They're not. They have some flaws. So we're trying to find the candidate here. That's what this is about. Trying to give you the information and laying it out there. Um, Secondarily, Donald Trump's failures, as we've said, are those of a track record and not being consistent. And the people, it's genius, as I said, about him tapping into this. The anger... It's the same anger that the Bernie Sanders crew has tapped into. Mm -hmm. Think about the similarities between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. Not ideals, because right now, if you're a Trump supporter, you're all pissed off. He's not like Bernie Sanders. I don't mean his, his support of socialist things. Is he that way? Maybe. But that's not what I'm referencing here. I'm referencing the, that their popularity is based on people's frustration, number one, and anger. Number two that they are the perceived, whether it's true or not, outsider. Bernie Sanders, the outsider, because he's been in the independent and the rebel and whatever. He's still a D.C. insider. They are, um, the popularity goes to the fact that they are um, funding their campaign differently. Wink, wink. Right? I mean, whether they are or not. That they are willing to go against their establishment. Wink, wink. They're not, but that's, this is the perceptions, you know? So you can see the, the similarities as far as that goes. Well, where is the conservative slash libertarian that can stand up and address both sides like that and educate them on the right way to lay out a true plan forward that this is what we must do? You're listening to The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe. On the Blaze Radio Network. Blaze with Doc and Skip on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, John Kasich has now left the stage in New Hampshire. 
And he has given way to Rand Paul. Rand Paul is on stage right now making his case as the presidential primary in New Hampshire uh, town hall. The New Hampshire presidential primary town hall continues right now. Rand Paul, uh, one of our biggest frustrations, as we said. The ideas that Rand Paul brings to the table are ideas that most Americans should get behind and would get behind if positioned the right way. I pointed something out to some friends and family members about six years ago about libertarianism. Most people in America are some degree of libertarian and they just don't realize it. Even if they don't realize it, they are some degree of libertarian. It's not as simple enough to say fiscally conservative and socially liberal, because on many things, I'm not socially liberal. I'm not liberal at all. In my personal life, I'm not liberal at all on them. I go to church. I don't believe in using recreational drugs beyond an occasional drink or two. I don't believe in abortion. There's just very few things I'm socially liberal about. I don't believe in handing out gobs of money to to people via the government, you know, to help them, you know, get on their feet or anything. I don't believe any of this stuff. But the way the world ought to operate and the way America ought to operate, yeah, some of that's true. It's not that I think people should use illegal drugs. I just don't think the government should be telling me whether or not I should use drugs. Because I'd like to be able to go down and, and get antibiotics when I have a sinus infection. I don't believe the government ought to tell me whether or not gay, uh, as a gay person, I can get married. Which sounded really bad the way I just positioned that. I was going to say, is that something you'd like to, uh, some breaking news here on The Blaze? No, I said that wrong. Whether or not a gay person could get married. Because I, as a straight person, they shouldn't be telling whether or not I could get married. So most people in America are some degree of libertarian. When I blade this out to very conservative family and friends and explain it to them and sit down, they get it and they agree. People really don't care so much about what their neighbor is doing as long as their neighbor leaves them alone. Most people in America today really want to live their life. They really want to be left alone. The problem is conservatives misunderstand being a conservative in your personal life and how you operate and how you raise your children and how the government operates. There it is. So the candidate that can stand up and lay these things out and explain it to people, I think that's the candidate that has an opportunity to really clean up. And Rand Paul, his ideas are very much like that. I'd be willing to bet the people that passionately love Ted Cruz because he's conservative in his personal life and in his professional, this is what I believe, this is why I'm a candidate life, they also appreciate his support of the Constitution. Right? And holding fast on things like NSA spying and Patriot Act. Right? I mean... You've got Republicans and so-called conservatives on stage that support the Patriot Act and spying on Americans. Is that conservative? No, it's not. And, and don't let anybody tell you that it is. Don't let anybody get you through the guise of, well, for security, we have to do these things. No, that is wrong. That is not a conservative ideal. I would say if you had to define conservatism, There's a lot of things you can put into that. A lot of people have tried to. There has to be an element of personal freedoms and and liberty that you can live your life without being infringed. The God has granted you rights 
And our Constitution protects those rights from the government infringing them. That has to be a cornerstone of it. So when you say you're a conservative, hopefully you get that piece of it. That libertarianism really is conservatism. If you're talking about the government and you're talking about people of personal freedoms. And if the Republican Party and those candidates on stage really believe they're conservatives, they need to be the party of personal freedoms. So we're dealing with a couple of things here. Consistency and track record of how somebody votes and whether or not they get that principle. All right, we're going to get some tweets. We've been using the hashtag FITN, FITN on the Twitter. It's uh, at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. Yeah, Kate was tweeting earlier. Um, actually, as Rand Paul is on speaking right now, uh, Kate says uh, hashtag FITN. The biggest national security threat is our national debt. That from, from Rand Paul. Your thoughts to that? Is our Give nation- me that again. Give me that again. That the biggest national security threat is our national debt. Now, when you first hear that, you're going to think, oh, well, come on, we've got ISIS going on and other things, and uh, our borders are insecure. But think about it. Okay, my reaction to that is it was poorly worded. I don't know if I can say it is our biggest national threat. I will guarantee you and defend it is one of our biggest national security threats. Top couple, without question. Our biggest, I hate, I hate definitives like that because we can debate those all day long. Rand makes a good point by saying that, bringing that up, heading in that direction. I wouldn't have used the word biggest. One of the biggest without question. Would you say that, Skip Lacombe, that it's one of our biggest security threats, national security Ab- issues? Absolutely. Okay. If you're somebody out there that's going, play's not one of our biggest, ISIS and whoever else, who wins wars? Historically, who wins wars? A lot of ways that you can dissect that and say the person with this power and this flanker movement and the person who had this general and whatever. That is true. Those things play into it. But who also wins wars is people with money. The people with deep pockets who can spend. Certainly in American history, that has been true. That is one of the factors. How did the North defeat the South? Several things went into it, but one of the big things was we had the, we had the coin, man. We had some cash. We were able to get things done. When we fought our war of independence in America, how did we defeat the Brits? Well, we ended up taking some cash from some people. We got help from France with military as well as some cash. And we got some cash from some other people as well in order to help fund it. That's not exclusively, but it plays into it. World War II, had we not been able to mobilize and turn those factories into output... In other words, resources and people, which is essentially spending. It may not have been cash directly, which we did overspend and go into debt in order to put that cash toward these things. You've got to have cash. Why is America a world power today? Yeah, our military's out there, but we're an economic world power. We have to pay those people to fight. Not that if America was ever faced with a threat, we wouldn't pick up arms and fight without pay. But we've got to fund those things. We've got to build those aircraft carriers. A strong economy means a strong America because we have power, not just because of our military, but we have power and influence. And also we can pay a military and pay other people. That's the truth. So one of the biggest national security threats, without question. The biggest national security threat, possibly. Yeah.
Uh, using the hashtag FIT, and we had had enough tweeting at us. Uh, Rick Santorum is still running. The guy with the crazy eyes when he talks Patriot Act. Okay, well, when he talks. <laughs> okay, maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. No, to that point, too, is that, yeah, Rick Santorum fans, too. When we were at CPAC, and I guess it was 2012, 2013, um, of all the candidates that were there, too, and um, this was obviously well before the uh, the election, um, but we, we had a pretty good idea who was going to be um, in those tiers of people considering it. The Rick Santorum fans and followers were one of the most interesting, oddest, the way that they were. Okay, followed. you're being really nice here. They were like Stepford wives. They were. They were like Stepford, Stepford children. It was, they, they, it was they odd. They had a glossy-eyed, must vote, walk with arms out. Fake smile. Kind hello, of. hello, how are you? Have you heard the good news that Rick Santorum is running? It and was he loves freaky. Jesus. It was here, freaky. Let me see. They were crazy. And, and, and if and you are a Santorum fan, blind I and blind. Listen, well, let me back up. Because if I knew we were going to that, we say if you're a Rick Santorum fan, we're not trying to offend you. If you like yeah. him and you can lay these things out, fine. We've said that about all candidates, but there are gaping flaws with these candidates, and you must address those issues. You you must if you are if you're saying listen, I'm a conservative and I believe this and I believe it and we listen to the Blaze and you and Doc and Skip and you're right about stuff, but I'm still voting for one of these candidates. How are you able? to qualify, quantify, or support a candidate when it comes down to those flawed issues. What is it? I think what America needs is to hire Doc Thompson as the the official vetter of all candidates. That's a job I want. By the way, I'll do it for free. Do I have to do it for free? They'll still pay no, you. No, they'll pay you. Okay. I would do it for free. By the way, we're going to probably get to give you a better, a better title than official vetter. You know, like OV, the office of the OV. I like that. I like OV better than official. You can never actually. Well, vetter. I can. You know, it doesn't be official vetter, uh, candidate vetter, CV. We'll discuss. It's the vetter though, but I, I want to vet the candidates, and I would love to have like a bunch of different ways I could do this. But at very least, I need an hour. I need an hour with each one of these candidates, and you know what? We can expand it eventually if you want to every candidate for for Congress, governor. I'll do it. I'll do it. I love my country. And they come to the office, and we, uh, we hook them up to the lie detector. We do that. We put the cameras on them, the big lights. It's all done live. You can watch it. We may get to pulling their fingernails off. I don't know if we're going to need that. We may get to truth serum. I think I can accomplish most of it with bright lights, t- uh, television cameras, and a uh, lie detector. And I start giving them the business. And we ask them questions, and I ask them follow-ups. I think I could do most of them in an hour. Pretty sure I could tell you who they really are in an hour when I start asking questions. Okay, it wouldn't, it wouldn't example, take an hour for most of them. Right. For example, when um, let's say I was interviewing, oh, Marco Rubio. And I say, Marco, uh, what up with Gang of Ocho? What up with that? And he starts going, well, we've got, you got to understand, we're in a different time now because America, I had to flip-flop back away from amnesty because now we've got terrorism. And what about 9-11? I answer that. See, I got to ask him questions like that. And then when he says, yeah, but Ted Cruz, and I go, Mark, uh, see, you flip-flopped on amnesty. So how are you? See what I mean? And you, you bring up these things because nobody follows up with them. We ask them questions. Hello, I've got a question here in the back of the room of the New Hampshire uh, presidential primary town hall. Over here, Mr. Paul. Over here, Senator Paul. I got a question. And they ask him a question like, hey, Senator Paul, how could you support that dirtbag Mitch McConnell when he supposedly is uh, everything that you're against? How could you support him? And Rand Paul gives an answer, 
Like, what was his answer to that, Skip? What was his answer for why he supported Mitch McConnell? Um, you know, I don't even recall, to be honest with you. It was something to the fact of he asked me. He was the only one who asked me. Yeah, there's something like that. Yeah. So he floats out an answer like that, but nobody offers the follow-up. Like, wait a minute, so you're telling me if Hitler had asked you, you'd go ahead and support him. Is that right? If Obama had asked you, you would have supported him? Is that right? Well, and- so my point is, as the official vetter, we're working on the name, I would then say, uh, hey, so you would support Hillary if she came out and asked for your endorsement. Is that right? Nobody asked them the follow-up. They accept their politically tested statements that were written by some consultant. We accept that bullcrap answer. And never ask him a follow-up. Where's the follow-up? And when they have some politically tested statement that was written by a consultant for that, ask him the follow-up. Because if you're lying, which they are, there's going to be a flaw that you will recognize. If it's a lie, there's going to be the truth somewhere. Shine the truth on that lie. So, as the vetter, I will do that. Truth seeker? No. It's got to have something vetting in the title. Something vetting. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back to Twitter now, too. we got a lot of people tweeting using that hashtag FITN. Uh, some more from Rand Paulus. He's now speaking at the uh, First of the Nation debate in uh, a well, town hall in New Hampshire. Uh, Rand Paul says, I'm willing to say the government went too far in collecting your phone records. No crap, Rand. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Give me that again. I'm willing to say the government went too far in collecting your phone records. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. Breaking news. That's. I will give Rand the benefit of the doubt that that's taken out of context, that there was a little more to it where he cleaned that up. One of the things I liked about Rand Paul is he didn't have to be willing to concede this. He Hasn't Rand Paul? That's been one of his issues. Hadn't he conceded that months ago? So this statement on stage actually sounds like he's softened his position a little bit. One of the things I liked about Rand is he believes in personal freedoms and has gone after them on the Patriot Act. You want to keep America safe, stop spying on people who are not a threat and start arresting people who are a threat. It's real simple there, guys. Stop rounding up the usual suspects and get people who are actually a threat. I'm not a threat to America. Sorry, it's, I'm just not. Stop spying on me. Stop using the IRS to go after me and hurt me. Stop collecting my metadata. I'm not the one you have to worry about. You know who you have to worry about? The people who shot up San Bernardino. The Fort Hood shooter. You didn't stop the Boston bombers, but meanwhile, you're spying on Skip Lacombe. Who cares what he did in Pontiac? If he wanted to go on a three-month bender of getting drunk three, and picking no. up multiple people and that's having not, some no, orgy that, has, that, that's not what that would be in the realm all. of Rome, not what you know, the, the days all. of Rome, fine, that's his business. Grossly miscategorizing uh, that. Okay, it wasn't like three months. It was like a weekend, but no, it was like Rome. It, it was like the Roman weekend, Empire with dude, it was orgies one, and peel me a grape. Like one day, it was like 12 hours tops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you're not familiar with our program, Skip Lacombe and I host the Morning Blaze and the Blaze Radio Network Monday through Friday. You want to find out more about us, please go to theblaze.com slash doc. Theblaze.com slash doc. All of our shows are up there. Get them on demand. It's absolutely free. 
And we've started our Combs for Communists program uh, because of Bernie Sanders. We found out that Bernie Sanders is, in fact, Combless. Which is sad. I mean, in living in America, too, I mean, we're the greatest country on the planet, uh, wealth, no American should be combless. Not at this point, no. So we want to send Bernie Sanders a comb um, to get him a comb. And I can't count on, you know, anybody sending him a comb. So if everybody would send him a comb, and we know Bernie will redistribute those combs to the other combless people. And you know he knows them. They go to the meetings, right? Um, Send Bernie Sanders a comb today. If you go to theblaze.com slash doc, one of the entries of a piece of our show, you'll see Combs for Communists. You can get the address for his uh, campaign office there. You can listen to the whole, the whole thing. Please send that audio clip. Please link to that and send it out to as many people as you can. Send it to your friends and family so they too can get on board as our Combs for Communists program rolls on. And then mail him a comb. And when you mail him a comb, take a picture of it. And tweet it to us. I saw people doing that already over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's going big, and uh, we're going to make this uh, make this happen. You know, get him a comb. So please get on board with this campaign. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to uh, we need to a couple more calls in just a second. We'll get to uh, Chris Salcedo from the Blaze Radio ne- uh, Network in just a second. Uh, keep in mind, immediately following this program uh, that ends at noon Eastern time, um, we will have. Chris Salcedo on the air at noon. Does Chris come on at noon? I believe so, yes. So he will continue this coverage on the Blaze Radio Network. Skip and I are going to jump over to uh, the Blaze TV to anchor uh, full live coverage of the speeches that roll on. The Blaze TV is carrying them in their entirety. Yeah, so let's uh, let's actually go now. Uh, Is Chris uh, standing by? I am standing by. What's up, Chris? How you doing, buddy? I have ideas. Uh, just listen to you guys in the last five minutes. First off, we've not, we can't just send Bernie Sanders a comb. We've got to send him a skip lacomb. Uh. <laughs> we've got to send him a we, we had to send him a skip lacomb because that, that, that actually might some, some good sense might seep into that socialist head of his. Skip, would you skip? Would you take one for the team and meet him no, in Pontiac? No, that means I would actually have to hang out with Bernie Sanders. Is a thing I don't think I'm willing oh, to no, do. No, 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 no. We, we sent him an actual comb, but it has Skip's name on it. This, this is a Skip Lacomb for your hair. <laughs> I See, do need my own branded comb. You know what? You That's go. funny. Think we merchandising baby. <laughs> We've thought about making our combs, so that's I hadn't thought about a skipla comb, but that's, a skip uh, that's really cool. I have I haven't had to comb my hair in like ten years. Which is the ironic part. <laughs> and and then and then your your nickname. Uh, uh how about this? A a photon torpedo of truth. Ah, the the photon torpedo of truth. <laughs> that's awesome. Chris, let's say for example, as the official vetter, uh candidate <laughs> yes. vetter. Yeah. Let's say uh, it got to be a really busy week or weekend or something, and I'm, I'm backlogged and I need some help, or you know I get sick or something. Can I count on you to step up and vet? Yes, yes, I will be your backup photon torpedo of so, truth. Like, of truth. You're the, like the first runner-up veteran. Well, no, there's going to be times he's going to be called upon because I'm going to be overwhelmed. And let's face it, I'm lazy. But I mean, <laughs> you know, Chris, I'm, I feel confident that you would hold their feet to the fire and be able to, you know, have follow-up questions, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's where a big topic today, and not so much New Hampshire. New Hampshire? Uh, well, I, and, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about it today. But, I mean, what, what was going on this week was just fascinating to me as I watched the, the punditry sitting on the on – the, and, again, people that are not very inquisitive, that are usually inquisitive, using the words hate to describe one of the political candidates uh, on the GOP side. Act twice – hate and i thought we weren't allowed to be angry and hateful that was so in politic but apparently toward one individual in this race hate is perfectly acceptable by the washington establishment 
Did you, and I think I know where you're going with this, uh, You did you see the Bob Dole comments? Yes. Dole. About yes, Rand Paul. Or about, excuse me, about Ted Cruz. About, about Ted Cruz, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Skip and I pointed something out. Uh, we were talking about it on our show, I think it was Friday, that Bob Dole came out and said, um, we need somebody with experience, for example. And I was like, wait a minute, um, nobody has experience <laughs> as president. But number two... Bob Dole didn't have experience when he ran for president. But even if he meant he supports Jeb, because Jeb has experience as a governor, when Bob Dole ran for president, he ran well, as a here's, here's what I think. I don't think we ought to be taking advice from a guy who refers to himself in the third person. I just <laughs> don't believe that that, that, that uh, Bob Dole thinks that uh, Ted Cruz is a maniac. And Bob Dole thinks I don't and care what And that's why Bob Doc Thompson loves you. That's why Doc Thompson <laughs> loves you. All right, Chris Salcedo coming up next to the Blaze Radio Network. Going to continue our coverage of the New Hampshire Hampshire? presidential primary town hall that is unfolding right now with all of the candidates. And you can count on Chris Salcedo to bring you the truth as my backup torpedo of truth. Keep tweeting using that hashtag FITN for first in the nation. Follow at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. All right, and we will jump over to the Blaze TV. Join us there as well. It's theblaze.com slash TV. This is the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.